Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Bitchly. This is your host, Christy Preciado, and by another episode, I mean my first episode ever. Um, if you guys don't know, I actually asked uh, Daniel, um, who is a friend of mine that I met on Twitter, to join me in this first episode of my podcast, Bitchly. Um, unfortunately, some of the content, um, or actually most of the content that we had recorded, did not get to upload, um, and I unfortunately lost it. So I'm going to show, um, or I'm going to share some of the clips that I saved, that I was able to save, um, and then the rest I will reiterate from then on. So this is Daniel from The Dia Silent. Um, enjoy. Thank you. Hi guys, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Christy, um, and right now I have a special guest with me. This is Daniel from The Dia Silent. Say hi. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and um, on today's episode, we're actually going to be talking about a really important issue. Um, I actually hit up Daniel directly on his Twitter account because I feel like this issue is very important and it needs to be talked about and um and that's um racism and colorism in the latino and hispanic communities so i firsthand have experienced um, a huge issue with this uh ever since growing up um but i also wanted to get uh daniel's perspective on this because he says that he has as well so um daniel what do you have to say on this issue can't help but notice, like, especially me being Hispanic, you know, and I have work work vehicles, like, because we're told, I get pulled over, I think, literally just for that, mm-hmm. you know, and just because they, I think they think that they're going to catch me with, you know, uh, no license or no insurance or whatever the case may be, and... And that happens, it happens to me, I get pulled over so frequently, I'm like, well, there's no other explanation for it. Not, I don't have no tail like that, I don't have, not rolling on three tires, I'm not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, definitely. I don't have, like, a car from the 60s that's buttering down the road, nothing like that. The car, you know, my pickup's fairly newer-ish, but, it, you know, it's full of tools, I'm his bag, so I pass by a police officer. Um, sometimes you, you, sometimes when you pass by a police officer and you get, you know, you look, do that quick little look over mm-hmm. and you see them look at you, you immediately know, like, he's going to call, he's going to pull up behind me and I'm going to get pulled over. And that's 90, 90% of the time that what happens. Very rarely do they yeah. just, like, ignore you. And you feel like it's because they, they profile you racially, right? Yeah, I think, I think it, I think it has to do with, like, they think, oh, like, I don't know if it's or, or, or racism thing, but I think they think, oh, I want to pull them over and again for something. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I've never experienced, um, like, a cop-related profiling, like, racial profiling, but um, I think my experience comes from, like, growing up. Um, I, like I told you before, uh, prior to recording this, I am a second generation, um, 
Hispanic. Like both of my parents are immigrants from Mexico. So um, my mom is like really dark and my dad is very light skinned. So growing up, I was always taught that light skin is beautiful, even more so than like dark skin. Um, and growing up, like I never really claimed my mom's side. I always used to claim my dad's side and his like European side because I thought that's what was beautiful. Um, and now obviously I don't do that because I claim both of my parents' side, but like, even as a baby, like they would always be like, oh my God, you know, you're light skinned. You're so pretty. Like, estas guerita, you know, stuff like that. Um, even until like dating, like relationship wise, like I dated a guy who like upon meeting me, like told me that he was the dark, that I was the darkest that he'd go. Like, as far as, like, skin tones. He's like, put it this way. You're, like, the darkest skin color I'll ever date. And that's that's crazy to me because it's, like, you're... And he was a Latino. Like, he's like, you guys are... We're all Latinos. We're all part of la raza. And it's just, like, you guys are all being very discriminative and colorist against your own people. You know? Yeah. So it's well, just... Well, to, like... Um... You know, like, streaks in the hair, some some guys just don't like the dark hair either that comes naturally to yeah. us. And I don't get that myself. Yeah. I like more highlights and, I, and I'm like, mm. you know. But as far as, you know, light skin. Right. I, I don't know, like, uh, when it comes to skin color, I don't. I don't know why a lot of people, you know, like in the black community, like the light-skinned black people are, are more sought of. I don't mm-hmm. myself. They're like more favored. I don't understand it in the Hispanic culture as well either because if you're speaking Spanish, I mean, it doesn't matter how dark you go, you still, you know, it's part of the same, you're part of the same thing. It's yeah. Not, you know, and even even that goes to like as soon as people find out your name, like oh you're a like I have my, you know my last name is one of those hard ones to pronounce, so people you know right away like I, I can't hide that I'm Latino. What's your last name? Eastless. What is it? Eastless. Eastless. Yeah, I S L A S. Oh. Oh my God! Okay. Growing up, I used to thought it was pronounced Isles or Isle Island Islas or something like that. Because I know someone else with that last name. That's why I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah. I get, I get that. I used to get that all the time in school. Like, uh, Isla, like not Isla. Yeah. It's a, it's a Mexican Mexican I. It's not, it's not like E. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes. People find out other people's last names and like, what? You're a, you know, like, it, it, it even gets to that level. I'm like, well, at some point you're going to figure it out, you know? Yeah. You can't, you can't hide whether you're light, light-skinned Hispanic or not. Mm-mm. And it's so funny because a lot of people in the Hispanic community are also, like, well, especially, like, 
third generation, like people have grown up here, especially like in LA, et cetera, they claim like that they're, that they don't like black people or they're like racist towards black people. But it's like a lot of their culture, a lot of the music that they listen to, a lot of the way that they dress, the way they're, that they like, they talk in their slang. I mean, it comes from black culture. And I feel like a lot of Latinos, they, they, they like black culture, but they just don't like black people. And they're racist. And I hear a lot of black, I mean, I, I hear a lot of Latino and Hispanic um, people using the N-word. And I'm just like, wow, you guys really talk about it like you're, you're about it, but you're really like against it. And I just find it so funny that they appropriate black culture so freely, but they, when it comes to like supporting them or when it comes to like, you know, saying, like saying anything that comes, um, in support of them, they don't want to, they don't support them. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I think like that's a huge issue because I, I don't know, I, I played Xbox and I played, you know, PlayStation Online. It's so frequently, like, you know, like, why people say, but I don't know if it's the, if the, the younger generation type thing, like, these kids growing up now, they're perhaps, like, 20 and under. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they don't know, like... No, they're grown as men, dude. They're grown as so men. I, I yeah. I don't think they really, like, I why black people get really upset with the Latino community because or even the white community you know they're just like you guys want to appropriate our slang our the way we talk the way we walk the way we dress um but you guys don't want to support us when it comes down to it you know um so I just feel like that's that's very just reiterating on um, what I was talking about with Daniel, um, it unfortunately had uh, cut off there, and then I lost the rest of my content. Um, but just to reiterate, um, I was just basically saying that um, we appropriate black culture a lot in our slang, in the way that we um, dress, the way that we talk, express ourselves, etc. Um, but when it comes time to speak out for them we don't do it we don't own up to it um and i just kind of i kind of want to invite and open to that conversation because i want to know um why that is um it's very disheartening to see um you know the latino and hispanic communities not speaking out 
against, you know, racial injustice for black people, um, when we ourselves also experience it um, plenty of times. Uh, and I think it's the most important thing um, to do is to speak out uh, whenever we see something that's unjust. Um, I was expressing to Daniel about the fact that, you know, we now have the power of social media and whenever we're out and about, we pull out our phones whenever a situation arises where we see it as unjust or um, we see it as racial uh, or racism or to explain it more exactly. Um, we pull out our phone and we start recording people who are, you know, the ones causing the problem. Um, but it's funny because some people only take the context of the reaction and not the actual cause of it. Um, and I feel like that is very, that's such a very negative narrative to construct because it, it literally takes a, a cause for the effect. So, or a cause for the reaction, there's there's a reason why like there's there's a reason why sorry there's a reaction to um whoever is inciting that reaction out of the person um i was on twitter last night looking at a timeline of violence um against people who were racist um there were just video clips of fights that have been kind of filmed all over the U.S. of racist people saying the N-word um, and getting their ass kicked by, you know, black people. And although I don't agree with violence, I do, I cannot lie, I do feel a little bit of satisfaction um, seeing a racist get his ass kicked get his or hers ass kicked by, you know, the person they are inciting racial danger towards or racial slurs towards. Um, it's, however, down to the root um, of the problem, um, which is white people need to be held accountable for the root cause of their actions, for the root cause of their white supremacist beliefs. Um, I just watched a video that Amanda Seals posted on her Instagram um, of a lady, a black lady, who was speaking out about um, the girls that are trending on TikTok right now, having those conversations at the table with their white families and, you know, arguing about George Floyd and you know, crying about it even because they don't come to an agreement with their family or their racist family has um, like a negative perspective and they don't agree, so therefore they bump heads. Um, and the lady was saying, or has said something really important, she was saying that the root of the problem comes from their ancestral lineage and years and years of racism in the white community, um, white supremacy. Um, and I feel like that's a conversation that they should be having instead of bringing up the value of black people and the value for their lives. She was basically saying 
who are you guys to determine if black people have value or right of living? You can't put a, a value um, or a price or, you know, a percentage amount of worth on a human being no matter what their race, color, etc. beliefs are, you know. And she was basically saying that we should have an open invitation to a conversation with your own white family who believe in these white supremacist, you know, um, teachings or beliefs that they should be dismantled and they should be, you know, reconstructed or completely abolished, definitely for sure. Um, white supremacy needs to be abolished. Um, and you guys also, you know, as a community, we need, or as a young generation, we need to start talking about these subjects with our parents because, you know, parents, they're taught from generations in the past. It's like tradition now to have these negative thoughts, these disgusting beliefs of putting a price on a human life, of putting like, you know, a percentage of value on a human life. Um, and right now that human life is a black, is black people, you know, we're, they're the ones that are being completely, um, you know, tortured on camera or, you know, killed on camera by police, you know, and that's why the Black Lives Matter movement is happening right now. That's why um, we as a community are speaking up and standing up against our family who have these horrible white supremacy traditions. Um, and But what she was saying was that instead of talking about the worth and the value of a black man or a black person, um, that we should talk about the sickness that is white supremacy and how... Um, it was rooted into, you know, white ancestral lineage, white history, um, you know, and they need to start talking about how they can change that, how they can abolish that from their families, from their beliefs. Um, and I feel like that is a very huge step into the direction that is needed to abolish completely and terminate white supremacy, um, because it is definitely a huge issue in our country, and it has been so for the past hundreds of years. Um, another thing that uh, me and Daniel talked about that cut off was um, an example when I was living in Victorville when I was younger um, there was a lot of racial um, you know tense tension in between the Latino community and the black community um, I remember being in high school um, I went to Silverado High School in Victorville, and I remember, like, my freshman year there, there was riots, and there was, like, a drive-by, and we all had to be locked into our classrooms, you know, and it was the scariest thing ever. Um, I remember being pushed around and bullied by black women or black girls in high school, um, and me not really understanding why, um, but that definitely feeds into the narrative of why, you know, sometimes black and brown people don't mix and they don't get along. And 
I really, I really hate that there is tension and there's also hatred inside of minority groups because I feel like if anything we should all stand together and stand for each other you know um but I feel like you're gonna find that in every um in every single racial group um but speaking from experience we I feel like we need to speak out more for each other and we need to be held accountable for our actions and, um, you know, have conviction of our beliefs and what we believe and stand for. And just to add to that, I also think that the reason why we may have a lot of racism or, you know, not me, but like, you know, Latinos some Latinos have racism towards black people, um, might be even rooted in our own beliefs. I know that, you know, growing up, um, we always favored the white child or we always thought of them as the most beautiful. Um, I know definitely that in Mexican culture, if you were born with light hair or light eyes and light skin, you were the golden child. You were considered the most beautiful and nobody, nobody hated you and nobody spoke ill about you. Um, you were highly favored and, um, I feel like that has a lot to do with our own deep-rooted colorism in our culture, um, you know, and growing up, like, I even thought about this. Like, I, I would even tell my dad, how come I didn't get your green eyes? How come I didn't get your super light skin? Like, you know, I would compare with him all the time. Um, I never really thought, you know, that it was an issue until now that I'm way older and that we're actually talking about these things and bringing them to light, you know. Um, colorism is very real in um, Mexican and Latino culture. Um, and, you know, it just makes me really sad that we carry that out into other races as well. Um, I know that that's an issue in the black community as well. And also, for example, in the Arab community or, you know, Asian community too, their obsession with light skin, you know, people even go as far as to bleach their light skin or make their noses smaller or make their hooded eyelids more bigger um, or make their eyelids hooded, sorry. Um, you know, it's just a lot of, um, a lot of things that kind of just conjure up this entire deep-rooted issue with color. Um, and we need to speak more on it and more about it um, so that way we can grow from that and not make the same mistakes that our parents or our ancestors did in the past. And just to wrap things up, um, we also spoke on how we can change it, what steps we can take to to end racism, to end colorism, to end, you know, just injustice and hatred and etc. And I told Daniel that um, the best way that I can think of is to know who represents you in Congress. To, like, I asked him, for example, like, can you name five people in Congress? And he's like, no. And I told him, same. Like, we're not educated on that. I feel like the best form to beat the system or to beat racism, etc., is to get educated. And um, also to vote, to go out there and vote. And, you know, because your vote matters. Um, also, you know, 
be a part of the movement, join the protest, um, whether it's, you know, walking with them, whether it's donating to an organization that supports them, um, and just standing with them will make a huge difference. Um, I also feel like, you know, having those conversations excuse me, having those conversations with your parents. Um, it doesn't matter if they are racist. It doesn't matter if they aren't. Um, just making your voice heard and, you know, completely dismantling whatever, like, racist beliefs that they have or whatever old beliefs that they have that comes from their tradition, just bringing it up in conversation at the table and talking about it, you know? Um just exposing it and and educating them um it goes a long way uh and honestly i feel like i i really do have hope for this generation um i've noticed that a lot of people of different races were out there protesting for black lives matter i noticed that a lot of people are waking up and they're actually speaking on this and it makes me so happy it makes me feel hopeful and you know i know that it's not always going to be um it's not always going to be like this it's not always going to be negative um there's a lot of positivity from everyone and it's radiating and it's showing and i honestly am excited for the future um because i feel like when this is over we would have we would have made history um or we have made history we are making history and i feel like it's going to make a huge impact and change for you know our children and the generations to come so just to kind of end it here um thank you so much for listening you guys and honestly um never stop speaking your truth never stop you know fighting the good fight um there's always someone out there who's listening who's watching what you do um if it wasn't your parents your grandparents or you know your guardian at least let it be you um don't forget to get educated on everything and also just remember that you know you as long as you stand for something there's going to be other people standing for it the same as you and you can make the difference you're all it takes you know so thank you guys so much for listening again um I will be uploading my next episode. I'm not sure when, but I will definitely let you guys know. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter. I will definitely be um, giving you guys updates there. And thank you guys so much. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.